Good morning. Our names are Dardy, Naomi, Leroy. My name is Yerin. During the season of Advent, different ministry teams of our church will light the Advent candle to symbolize how our different ministries bring light into the darkness. We are the hospitality team, and today we light the candle of hope. This season is a reminder that we are Advent people. We live in the now and the not yet, a season of anticipating what is to come and celebrating that which has already happened. Today, we are encouraged to know the hope we have in God. For we know God faithfully sent his son, Jesus Christ, to our world. And in hope, we anticipate the second coming of Christ. Our scripture readings this morning come from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 through 17, and Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Please follow along in your Bible, or you can look to the screens. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the words of the commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many people will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. 
This is a vision that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light. The word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Julie Steele. I'm one of the pastors here at Evergreen, and we are so glad you're here worshiping with us today on this beautiful morning, the first Sunday of Advent. It seems like it came pretty darn quick, doesn't it? A little too quick for me. Let's see. There we go. All right. Well, I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. How many of you are tired of turkey? Not too many of you. Okay, here's a question. How many of you had turkey? Okay, most of you did. There were a few outliers. But uh, we are uh, still working on the turkey. We had two turkeys for six people (laughs) because my sons have to smoke a turkey and I have to roast a turkey. So I've got lots of turkey in my freezer. But last night I did um, do something different. I had to put a steak on. So we had steak last night, but it's back to turkey tonight. Well, we had a great week. I hope you did too. Uh, We had our son from California up with his wife, and she is originally from a farm in Texas. So uh, the cold here was not something she was loving too much. And the day after Thanksgiving, we all went out to the tree farm in North Bend to cut our trees, and that was a whole new experience for her. So that was kind of fun. But speaking of trees, I'm going to show you something that happened to us a few years ago that I hope does not happen to you. So we were sitting on the couch watching TV, and I looked over and noticed that the tree was leaning just a little bit. And just as I said, hey, Barry, I think that tree is leaning. It was like slow motion. It went down, and we both just stood there with our eyes wide open as it crashed, and water came out everywhere, broken ornaments everywhere, lights hanging off the tree. And at that point, I thought, I'm just going to move to a different house. I'm I'm just going to let someone else deal with this. But we did finally get that cleaned up. Well, this morning we begin the church calendar year with this first Sunday of Advent. And we have this Advent wreath that we lit this week, and we will continue to for the next three weeks after this. And then that center candle is the Christ candle, and that is lit on Christmas Eve. But why do we observe Advent anyway? I know there are a lot of people who, if you didn't grow up in the church, or even sometimes in non-denominational churches, there isn't that sense of, uh, of observing Advent. 
Well, the word means arrival or coming, and we think of Advent as like the advent of the television or the advent of an event. Uh, The season of Advent for the church, though, as we heard from our readers, it's a time of preparation and anticipation. We celebrate the arrival of God, who in the flesh came as a baby at Bethlehem, but we also look forward to that second advent, that second coming when Jesus returns to make all things new and put them back the way they were meant to be. As Christians, we are advent people. We do live in this tension of the now and not yet. A season of anticipating what is to come, which will be Christ's return, but also celebrating what has already happened, Christ's first uh, time on earth. The season centers us to our purpose, which is to prepare for the second coming and to be a community marked by hope, peace, joy, and love. And that's what these candles represent. Today we lit the candle of hope, but how can we be marked by hope when maybe we feel hopeless? We look around our world, things seem pretty bad, don't they? And maybe even in our personal life, things may seem hopeless. Well, it's time for some encouragement. To encourage simply means to give courage. When we are encouraged, we have courage to continue no matter what is happening around us. If we are without courage, we are discouraged, and it's very difficult to keep moving forward. The context of our story today with Elizabeth and Zechariah, the parents of John the Baptist, they needed a lot of encouragement because they had lost all hope of ever having a child. They had struggled with infertility, and at this point, they were just too old to have a child biologically. It's important to notice that the writer of this gospel, Luke, puts something in here that he really wants to get across to his readers, and that is Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous in God's eyes. Now, this is important because in the Israelite culture, it was considered a curse for a woman to be childless. If a woman was not able to conceive, it was thought that God was punishing her for her sin. But clearly, this is not the case here. They were righteous in God's eyes. Sometimes we still have that thinking today. When we're dealing with a crisis in our own lives, whether it's infertility, an illness, a job loss, whatever the case may be, it's not because we are being punished. Now, we may bring consequences on ourselves for poor choices, but that's not God punishing us. There are many reasons for challenges and disappointments in this life. Remember that blind man in John? The disciples thought either his parents sinned or he sinned. However, Jesus said no. He is blind for God's glory so that God could heal him. Elizabeth and Zechariah were careful to follow all those laws, but it's really important for us to know that when Jesus came, he changed that. 
You see, we could be righteous in his eyes because we are in a right relationship with him through Jesus. It's not about following all the laws. Now, the circumstances we have here, Zechariah, he's in Jerusalem for his annual two-week spell of duty as a priest. This is what was done, and this year comes, and the honor of a lifetime is bestowed on Zechariah. He's chosen to offer the incense alone in the temple while worshipers were praying outside. I love this picture. I like old pictures of uh, artwork of biblical themes. I just think this is beautiful to see that angel appearing to Zechariah right in the middle of what he is doing for his calling. It's a time for encouragement now by this angel, and now hope can be restored. Well, the angel we find out later is Gabriel, and he appears to Zechariah, and Zechariah is overwhelmed with fear. And as usual, when an angel comes to visit somebody, they are usually have to be told, do not be afraid. And I was thinking about this, like, would I be afraid if an angel appeared before me? I think it'd be pretty cool. I think I would be really happy, and I would love God to try me on that and see how I would respond. However, I got to thinking, but if they were gonna tell me I was having a baby, I would be very afraid. So <laughs> I could take that back depending on what the message is. Notice how many times here the word will appears. It, it really struck me, and I hope that you can appreciate that too. You see, I think it's noticeable that he's not pointing out what is, but will, will be. This son will fulfill God's larger purposes for the nation and for the world. John is destined to be the bridge between the old and the new. He will be the new Elijah, announcing the long-promised Messiah. This child, John, is not going to just be a blessing to his parents, but he is actually part of God's plan for the redemption of the world. We all think our child is special, don't we? But if an angel came to me and told me that one of my children was going to play such a role in human history, I would have a hard time believing it. Now, if they said that my granddaughter was gonna play that role, I would totally believe that one. Well, the purpose of this child reveals why God seemed to be silent for so long with Elizabeth and Zechariah. You see, they prayed fervently for years. However, the time was not right. You see, God had something so much better in mind for them than just giving them a child. It wasn't that he didn't hear and it wasn't that he didn't care. It wasn't because he was punishing or withholding because of their sin. He was bestowing the high calling of being the parents of the one who would make way for the Lord. And that had to coincide with the time that Jesus came. When the time, when the, and when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. You see, we too can be encouraged by what God promises will be and that God's timing is perfect. 
Celebrating Advent encourages us to look ahead and wait for God's timing. We can have hope now because we know what is not yet, but it will be. When the time was right, God answered Elizabeth and Zachariah's prayer. And then when the time was right, he sent Jesus to usher in his kingdom. So we are still waiting for Christ to return to bring this new heaven and new earth here. And even though Jesus came already, there are still many unfulfilled promises. We are living in that tension right now. Christ's presence with us through his Holy Spirit and yet not fully realized. I liken it to when you're pregnant and you know this baby's coming and this baby is within you, but it's not, it's not here yet. The promise of John's ministry did come to fruition. That was all fulfilled. And Jesus fulfilled God's plan for redemption by living a perfect, sinless life and taking on the sins of you and I, past, present, and future. However, our world is far from perfect yet. We see this word will again, don't we? Look at in Isaiah, our Old Testament scripture for today. This passage is said to be the most hope-filled passage in all of the Bible. It is full of gospel encouragement and hope. This message was much needed encouragement for the people of Isaiah's day. He was a prophet in the eighth century who was married. His wife was also a prophetess. And at the time that he wrote this passage, there was very little hope in Israel. After the superpower Assyria came and invaded the northern kingdom and occupied it, the southern kingdom now was very vulnerable. They were living in a very fearful time. And this vision of what would uh, seem to be very far from reality is what Isaiah gave. The world hasn't changed much since Isaiah's day. These will statements, they are still future to us. Think about what's happening in our world today. It's very discouraging. At times, it even seems as God is not listening to any of our prayers. However, we know this is not true. We know that as people of faith, as Advent people, we can be encouraged by what we know will happen in God's perfect time. I want you to close your eyes because I want you to hear this passage again and I want it to sink in. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between the nations and will settle international disputes. 
They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Is this hard to imagine right now with what's happening in our world? You see, it is our faith that keeps us grounded in the reality that we do not see. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. In all the political, military, social, and economic complexities of this world, we can be encouraged that there will be a spiritual solution and presence in the world. Nations and people that continue to remain divided and at war throughout history will in the future be gathered together in the presence of Jesus who will judge fairly, justly, and with love and mercy. This is the case even though it doesn't seem possible does it? But Isaiah proclaims one of the most popular phrases of all the Bible. It is a message of universal peace among the nations. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. War will become obsolete it won't exist anymore. And the weapons of destruction that were used for war will be turned into tools for life and peace. Peace in places like the Middle East seem very idealistic, don't they? How do we remain encouraged instead of being discouraged? There is much in this world to convince us not to have hope for our future. Yet, as people of faith, we are given a glimpse of God's master plan for the future that is full of hope. And in the little details of our daily lives, we are invited to be about the business of bringing seeds of encouragement to this world right now. We can encourage each other with the knowledge that God has not forsaken us, but that in the fullness of time, the prophecy of Isaiah will be fulfilled just as the angels' prophecy to Zechariah and Elizabeth were fulfilled. So what about you today? Do you need a time of encouragement? Have you lost hope for a situation like Elizabeth and Zechariah did? It's so easy to feel like God isn't listening or even worse, that he doesn't care. I can see that many of my requests have been very short-sighted over the years, and looking back, I am grateful that God has not given me what I thought I needed, or at least at the time I thought I needed it. Just think what Elizabeth and Zachariah would have missed out on had they been granted their request when they asked for it. God's time and ways do not make sense to me. I, like some of you, have prayed for years for something 
with no apparent answer. And I too get discouraged by what I see around me. And I just can't see how God can make everything right again. But we can be Advent people rejoicing in Jesus' birth, encouraged by his presence with us through his Holy Spirit and confident that the vision of Isaiah will be fulfilled. That is how we as individuals can be marked by hope in this Advent season and throughout the year. And even more importantly, that is how we as a church community can be marked by hope. So who can you think of today that you could encourage? Is, someone putting, is God putting someone on your heart that needs some words of encouragement and hope? He's placed you in their life for a purpose, and I hope you don't miss out on that opportunity. I'm not talking about being naive and thinking everything's gonna be wonderful. We are called to live in a higher reality than what we see now. A reality that will come to pass at Christ's second advent. That's the reality we are called to live in today. That is the now, but knowing what is to come, but is not yet. Let's pray. God, we ask that as we enter into this season of Advent, that each of us would choose to be encouraged by what you have already done and hopeful for what is yet to come. May we look beyond what we see that discourages us in our personal life and in the world around us to what is unseen but even more real. Thank you for the hope that we have in the work of your son, Jesus Christ, that will be complete in the fullness of time. Amen.